Hello and welcome back to Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos Podcast. I'm your host, Al Sedano. This episode, we are finally getting back to our Infinity Wars coverage. Sorry about the technical delay that delayed us throughout well, most of April and beginning of May, but we're back now. This time, my brother Joe and I are talking about two of the Infinity Warps miniseries, Weapon Hex and Arachnite. Now, my plans for the episodes have changed since we did the recording. At the time, I believe these were going to be part of a longer episode that included one of the other minis, probably Soldier Supreme. So, my apologies for any confusion that might come from comments we make about other things that are going to be part of this episode. Alright, that's it. Let's get on with it. So, right now, we are going to be doing the Infinity Warps Arachnite miniseries, issues 1 and 2. And so, right now, let's drop in a quick synopsis for issue 1, and we're going to go through that real quick, and then we'll do the 2. So... Here's the synopsis for one. Infinity Warps Arachnite number one. Writer, Dennis Hopeless. Pencils, Ale Garza. Inker, Victor Olazaba. Colors, Ruth Redmond. Letters, Joe Caramagna. Editors, Jordan D. White and Annalise Spissa. Cover art, Humberto Ramos and Edgar Delgado. Variant covers by Humberto Ramos and Edgar Delgado, and also by Adam Kubert. Cover date, December 2018. On sale date, October 24th, 2018. Cover price, $3.99. This story has not been reprinted, although you can get it digitally on Comixology and through Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited. Years ago, young Peter Parker is on his way home from the American Museum of Natural History with his Uncle Ben and Aunt May. On their way back home, Peter convinced them to cut through Central Park instead of taking a cab, and they were attacked by the mysterious Goblin by Night. Peter was fatally injured, and Ben and Mary were killed. As he lay dying on the ground, Peter was bitten by a mystical spider. The spider linked Peter to the totem energies of ancient spiders, saving his life and granting him powers. Fifteen years later, we see Peter is now the superhero, Arachnite. We see him chase and catch the villain Michael Morpheus, and find out that ever since the attack, his mind was split into four personalities the friendly neighborhood arachnid, the knight, CEO Peter, and science Peter. After finally accepting them, Peter was able to build a life and a business, Parker Industries, helped by his best friend Harry Russell and Marley Jane. After a day spent in the boardroom and then the lab, Harry is driving Peter to the airport to catch a flight for a meeting, but gets a call from his father, needing help. Peter convinces him they have time to make a quick stop, and they go to Harry's place. Peter waits downstairs, but here's a commotion up where Harry and his father, Norman, are. Then, the goblin by night comes smashing through the house and out the window. Changing to the Arachnite, Peter gives chase while Harry follows, trying to stop him. Eventually, he catches up to the goblin and is able to bring him down, and is about to kill him when Harry uses one of their own weapons to stun him, protecting the monster, which turns back into Harry's father. Between the golden age of Atlantis and the rise of recorded history, there were ages undreamed of. Hither came heroes and villains possessing swords and magic, whose deeds became tales and legends. I have come to relate these sagas. Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. Days of High Adventure a new podcast discussing a variety of comics that fall into the fantasy or sword and sorcery genre. Available on most podcast services 
and Anchor FM. Okay, we're back. So, Joey, yeah. this obviously is a merger of Moon Knight and Spider-Man. Yes. How much of this were you able to follow, since I know you know Spider-Man? Uh, yes. But how much Moon Knight, like, how much did this mess you, confuse you with the Moon Knight stuff, or were you able to find out Moon Knight information? Uh, when I read it, I did not know anything about Moon Knight. Um, uh, but then I, I did some some stuff. I looked up, watched some YouTube videos on Moon Knight, and uh, I was like, oh, okay, I got it, kind of. Um, I get the idea. It kind of seems like... Uh, they said like Batman, but I thought a lot like Rorschach because he's crazy. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, they've played that both ways where it's supposed to be that he was, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, real quick, Moon Knight used to be a mercenary and basically he was left for dead in the Egyptian desert. And he might have been granted, you know, a new lease on life by the god, Egyptian god Khonshu and is acting as his agent on Earth now. Or he just went crazy. And thinks he is. They've kind of played it both ways where at some points in his history, it seemed like one or the other is more likely the truth. It's kind of like, uh, it's pretty cool. It's kind of like um, A Beautiful Mind. Where you don't like, when I remember watching A Beautiful Mind like the first time, I didn't think that he was crazy. I thought he was working for the, whatever he was working for, the FBI or I don't remember what organization. It wasn't until like halfway in, I was like, oh no, he's schizophrenic. Schizophrenic, right? That's the right word? Not anymore. Oh, no? Schizophrenic is a different... Uh, schizophrenic... For at least... Um, for what we're talking about here, like different personalities? Oh, well, yeah. With him, it was... Well, with... Uh, with uh, In Beautiful Mind, it was that he was... seeing. He didn't have different personalities. He was seeing different... He was seeing things. Like oh, people maybe schizophrenic? There. I don't know the technical... Which one it is exactly. He was crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I, Moon Knight basically does have multiple personality disorder. I believe that's the term for it now. He does have like a, because he has like three or four civilian identities. Yeah, none of them are, it's funny, it's none of them are the the uh, the person that gave him the powers though, right? No. no. Okay. Unless, of course, that, of course, that could just be a voice in his head as well. Does he have a voice in his, does he have, that's what I was confused with. Does he have... Different personalities in in all the other comics, or did he just have? Does he just have a uh, different uh, not personalities, but uh, different identities? Like he knows he's not that person; he's just playing an identity. Okay, here's the thing: what I've read about Moon Knight recently, the few things I've read, he does, from what I understand, he does have different personalities. I don't. I have not read his early stuff, so I don't know if it started out with him having. You know, just using identities, and it went from there. Or if he always started out with having personalities. That's cool, though. They should do that with a comic book with somebody, where they like they become the identity. Well, I guess Batman. Maybe <laughs> I guess Batman maybe, did it already. But you know maybe what I mean? That is like, what happened? Huh? I, maybe that is what happened with Moon Knight. I don't know. Yeah, makes sense. You become something so long. I think he's getting his own Disney Plus show. Cool. It's on IMDb. But for now, we're talking about the Arachnite. Yes. So let's start the cover-wise, though, and the picture of his costume. So what do you think of this outfit? It's like Deadpool with a bunch of stuff on him. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like the Spider-Man costume, but without just the red. It doesn't have any of the other colors on it. And then it has, like, 
almost like armor on top, the Moon Knight parts, the white parts, including the Moon Knight cape and the little hood. Oh, is all of that supposed to be armor? I think so. Kind of looks, looks like, like it. Though. Looks like he's wearing baggy shorts. Well, that part, yeah, but the chest thing looked kind of like an armor, maybe. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, Knight. Oh, and Moon Knight's, I don't know if they mentioned the videos, but Moon Knight's first appearance was in a comic called Werewolf by Night. Yeah, I, I saw that, and uh, obviously this is what this is about. Yeah, so that's what they're mixing. The, the Jack Russell, who was the w- werewolf, which I did not realize for years that that was a joke on a dog. You know, Jack Russell Terrier. Oh, no, I did not get that. Because <laughs> that's the name of the, char- of the werewolf character. Yeah, Where, where did they get that name Russell. from? Is that from a uh, is that from a something in to do with uh, Moon Knight Russell? Yeah, yeah. Because in the Moon Knight, the like I said, Moon Knight's first appearance was in the comic Werewolf by Night. He fought the werewolf. Oh, and that the was guy, the werewolf's real name was Jack Russell. You know, human name uh, is Jack Russell. Oh, in that one too. Okay. Oh, right, yeah. So that's why they they merged the Osborns and the Russells here. Yeah, saw that. Yeah. So instead of a werewolf, it's a goblin. Yes. So did, yeah, that's the origin here. You, is that did you know this story before? While uh, when you were reading this? Oh, about Werewolf by Night. Yeah. So you were like right away. You were like, oh, Werewolf by Night. They're doing that. I think so. I know. I definitely got it this time when I read it. Because you know what I was thinking. What? Batman the Animated Series, the Man Bat episode. Oh yeah. Same concept, right? Yeah, it's a similar concept. You know, he accidentally does something and he becomes a man bat, and the wife's like, no, he's good. He's just, you know, he made a mistake. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, man bat. But yeah, so here we have the the variation of Spider-Man's origin. Of course, his uncle gets killed, but so does his aunt by the goblin. Well, real quick, let me ask you this. Um, So you're looking at the the page when they're deciding to go through the woods, which is not a good idea. Um, yeah. That was very, I mean, uncle Ben really, this is all his fault. Yeah. Uh, see the nose. Why do Why do people like doing that? What's the, his nose is so red. You know, they like everybody's nose is red, especially Peter's. At least I can see here. Uh, well, I was going to say maybe they're drunk. Um, well, he's a kid. Or maybe it's cold. I think it's in... Let's go through. But I think they're... Yeah, maybe it's cold, but I think... Because they are wearing jackets and scarves. No. Wait. Let's look. No, his nose is always red. All right, we'll find it. Yeah, wait, his nose... Yeah, his nose is always red. It's it's very much like... um, Remember X-Men... Not the animated series, the one you really like, the one after the animated series. Evolution? Yeah. All their noses had, like, uh, something on it. Like, it, it was like a shadow on it booger? or something like that. No, it was not a booger. They didn't have boogers on the, on the kids' cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> we are not allowed to show these. It's, un- it's not allowed. No, it was like, there was something, like, it looked like a shadow on the nose. It always bothered me. I don't know why people do that. Yeah, okay. Well, if you know why, somebody's got to know why. Write in. Write in to, uh, uh, or call in at 1-800-MOON-NIGHT and RACK-NIGHT and let us know, because I don't get it. So anything in the uh, initial attack story that you 
want to mention or anything that you know made you think of or besides oh. the news? <laughs> uh, let's see. Comes in, he bites Peter, kills Aunt May and Ben. Go Ben. And I, you know what? The one thing I didn't get until I was looking at it just now is, oh, duh. You know, what I just told you about Moon Knight, where it said he was left for dead and he either talked to the god or he imagined it. You know, we're not sure which. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing that happens here. The spider comes to him and offers him. So either the spider did save him or he went crazy. But doesn't he get powers? Doesn't he get powers? Uh... I'm not 100% certain here if he has powers or is just very str- or if he just knows how to do stuff. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but then, like, why isn't he, why, isn't that what saved him? Because uh, he was fine. I mean, he got bit in the neck, and now he's fine. So how did, he, how did he, you know, recover from those injuries? Oh. So there is that. They're, hard to blame them. I guess there wasn't a scratch on me anymore. True. Okay, I guess you're right. I guess they were just a magic, you know, going with the kind of version of the Moon Knight thing, but origin, but just going with, yeah, it definitely happened, obviously, because look at the evidence. All right, never mind. Unless he imagined that he got bit. Yeah, probably that's more likely, probably more likely it is true. Now, we jump ahead to 15 years and a truckload of antipsychotics later. I like that. Can't get that part. Oh, Okay, all right, yeah. So let's start counting his personalities. So we have the more Spider-Man-like version. Mm-hmm. You know, He says, the version of me calls himself the friendly neighborhood arachnid. So that's more like regular Spider-Man. Yeah. And then there's the knight, who is the more vicious one. The one who throws the shuriken into uh, Morbius's chest. Oh, okay. It says, this is the knight, our clenched fist. He's a little intense but real good at finishing fights. So we got two personalities. Two superhero personalities, too. Yeah. And then he's picked up by his best friend, Harry. And I have to say, when Harry picks him up, I like that mask that Harry's wearing, the black mask with the white spider on it. I did not see that. No, I'm just saying, I really like that mask. That's pretty cool looking. That Harry's... Oh, oh, up on the top. Okay, all right. I didn't, I didn't even see that. Yeah, that's kind of cool. That's very cool. Yeah. Very Rorschach, actually. Then we have the CEO version of him. It's a terrible CEO. But go on. And then you know they go to the uh, they do their they do their meeting. Everything goes fine. And then we get the uh, science Peter. So we got four of them: two superhero ones and two normal people ones. Seems seems like uh, in theory they that's perfect. It looks like it would be perfect for him. But he's not good at juggling them. No. They stop at Harry's house to see his dad. And, oh my god, his dad is the goblin! Oh no, what a strange and, you know, strange turn of events. I never predicted anything like this. You would think that he would tell, you know, this This is just like, if Harry just told him, like, listen, that's my dad, it's the goblin. Well, maybe he would be... What do you, what do you think would happen if he really was like, listen... I know you're not going to like this, but my dad's the goblin. He didn't mean to do that. I need your help. I don't know. I mean, it's harder. I think it would be hard enough to tell a friend 
or your, one of your your best friends that your father killed their family, but also when your friend uh, you know your friend, however much he's controlling it, obviously has some problems if he has four personalities. Oh, so he doesn't yeah. trust him. I don't know if he, it's not so much trust him. It's a. I don't know if he knows how he would react, and I don't know. Also, he might be worried. What if it makes him worse? Oh, do you know what I mean? Like the crazier. trauma already, you know, shattered his mind as it is. What if finding this out makes it even make you know makes him even worse? What if he loses control, or what if he just goes completely catatonic? I would think that uh, that would be more of a healing process because you can close the thing, and you know, you might not you don't kill the father, but you can kill the goblin that was in the father. Maybe it's like okay. Case closed. Now I can go on with my life. I avenged well, you, Uncle Ben yeah. and Aunt May. And why did you take me through the woods, Uncle Ben? <laughs> yeah, that was a bad choice there. You're the real monster. What were you planning on doing to me? Well, at least he only went through the woods. You know, uh, Thomas Wayne said, hey, let's cut through Crime Alley. That sounds good. Yeah, that was. Well, he's rich and arrogant. Should we go through Crime Alley or Murder Row? What sounds better? your choice these are very bad decisions eight-year-old son i'm gonna put this choice on you so you'll feel guilty about it forever don't worry son it was only mostly your fault <laughs> if I, you were I, stronger I, I think the thing is whether it doesn't matter whether or not it was a would have been a smarter idea for him to tell him i don't think that's an easy thing to tell anybody let alone somebody who has problems already. And then the longer you don't tell them, the harder it is to tell them. Yeah, I guess. Well, I guess. I don't think it's know, so much. It would also be a boring story if you yeah, didn't tell. True. I, yeah, it's not so much a matter of uh, Harry being, you know, manipulative or lying to him, wanting to lie to him. It's, you know, not being able to tell him at first. And then the longer he goes without telling him, the harder it is to tell him that. See, this but, is why I can't be a writer. Because it, to me, like, if they're like, hey, Joe, what do you, all right, we're at the scene, this scene right here. What do you think we should do? And I'm like, I think he should just tell him <laughs> and, you know, face the consequences. And yes, it might hurt him, but I think he'll get over it in the long run. And, and I'm like, all right, well, then that's the end of that comic. <laughs> it's three pages long. <laughs> well, did you ever see Lost? That show had been over in like six episodes of those people talk to each other. Was it? I don't remember. Lost depended a lot on people not talking to each other. Well, they didn't have cell phones. Was it because oh. they weren't near each other, or they just didn't... They, they just didn't, didn't tell each other things, even when they were near... They were bad at communication. Yeah, not good. But yeah, so the goblin escapes, and they chase him down. I like that image. Okay, so we were, so the page where the goblin... When he first sees the goblin, you know, when they're at the house, and the goblin jumps out. Okay. Uh, and then the next page on the bottom where the goblin's running like a happy dog. Yes. I love he that. Look, he does look very happy. <laughs> well, he's going to exercise. Yeah. And I like the also with, with the uh, Rachnite, I like the uh, different, slightly different lettering for the word for the thought balloons. So like kind of give you an idea of like, even if you're not sure which one's which, you know, you can tell which ones are different personalities thinking. I don't think I ever noticed that. Can you give me an example? Okay, so the top of that page with the happy dog. Wait, let me go back to happy dog. Get away from me. Um, okay. See, look, for instance, where it says, can we please not scream out every single thought? 
Okay, that one. Yeah, all right. So those letters. And then, are... then look at the one above it. Yeah, obviously, is yeah. a little dip written a little different than that one. And then also, just shut up and get after him. Yeah. So there's three difference between all three of them. And then we can all hear what you have planned is also a little different. They're not hugely different. They could have done a little bit more, but those are four different thought four different thoughts from like That's a good, four different. Yeah, I wouldn't even realize. I don't think I realized that. The just some okay. Sh- so let's yeah. let's figure out. Do we know who's who, or can we? Can you tell? I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure that the just shut up and get after him is the knight. Okay, so that's the knight. That one is out, and that's the easiest one to tell the difference of, because uh, right below it, he's also thinking in that text: cowards think, we hunt. Yeah, that's the easiest to tell. I'm not sure about the others though. What's going on? One of them, one of them's not sure what's going on. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. That's got to be the let's see, either the scientist or the, or the um, I don't know who it doesn't matter. Anyway, go on. Yeah. Starts beating the hell out of the goblin, and then he gets tasered or whatever shot by Norman because that's where we get the reveal that it's his father. Dun, 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 dun. To be continued. What do you think about one overall? It's good. Yeah, this was fun. I'm not sure how I felt about this the first time, but I really liked this one. This uh, this when I read it this for this uh, recording. You mean you read it earlier? Yeah, well, I read it when I bought it. Uh, oh, how long ago was that? Uh, let's see. Cover dated December 2018, so it came out sometime in October 2018. What makes you like it more the second time? Well, I'm not, no, like I said, I'm not sure. I don't remember how I felt about it, but I definitely like it now. Oh, okay. You probably saw more stuff, too. Do you think you saw those letter bubbles the first time? I don't think I did. And also, um, I might have been paying more attention now. You know, it was with the new comics I bought, so I had, like, a couple of other things I was reading, too. Yeah. You probably pay more attention when you know you're doing a podcast on it as well. Exactly. I spent more time thinking about it. Now we're in part two, so hold on. Quick synopsis. Infinity Warps Arachnite number two. Writer Dennis Hopeless. Pencils Ale Garza. Inker Victor Olazaba. Colors Ruth Redmond. Letters Clayton Cowles. Editors Jordan D. White and Annalise Pissa. Cover art Humberto Ramos and Edgar Delgado. Variant covers by Giuseppe Camacholi and also by Robert Poggi and Federico Blee. Cover dated January 2019. On sale date, November 28th, 2018. Cover price, $3.99. This issue has not been reprinted, but you can get it digitally on Comixology and Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited. Peter is searching Harry's place for clues as to where he took his father, but can't find any. All four of his personas want to hunt them down, but they're having a difference of opinion about killing the goblin. Meanwhile, Harry has taken his father to the basement of Parker Industries to hide out. However, Norman turns back into the goblin and bites Harry. Now the next day, Marley is yelling at Peter over the phone for not taking the flight to the business meeting he was supposed to be at. She picks him up and tells him while the clients are pissed, they have agreed to a video meeting, and they try to sell the story that he was in a car accident the night before. The clients seem to believe it, but still don't accept it as a valid excuse. However, the goblin then smashes through the wall into the room, grabs Peter, and takes him out through the window. Before Peter can kill Norman, Harry again interferes and convinces Peter that it is a curse and that his father can't control himself when he's the goblin. 
Unfortunately, at that time, we see the effect of the goblin bite on Harry. The curse is now passed down to him, and apparently frees Norman. Goblin Harry escapes, but Peter tells Norman that this is his chance to make amends, and help Peter find and cure Harry. So let's see, Spider-Man's checking out Harry's place, can't find him. Having arguments of himself, screwing himself over. One personality leaves in the middle of a jump from one building to the other, and the guy's like, I'm not an acrobat, come on! When that personality takes over, their abilities take over, too. Yeah, that's what right? it seems like. So not all of them are have superhero powers. I'm assuming probably just the two of them. Yeah. So you think one takes the Spider-Man powers and one takes the Arachnid powers, or you think it's the same thing? It's just I think it's the same thing, just how... Yeah, it's just how they deal with it. It's kind of yep. weird that, and like, superhero take the wheel, brick wall, brick wall, brick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do Do you think he didn't have the powers, or he must have had the powers because he would be dead? It's far fall. Yeah, I think he has them, but I don't think he knows that. I don't think he's... he doesn't know how to do it. Yeah. Like I know how to drive, but I don't want to drive a race car. Exactly, and especially if you all of a sudden just found yourself in a race car doing a hunt. 150 miles an hour. Yeah, I don't like this. <laughs> You're all like, what the hell? No, 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 no. But yeah, so this is and this is fun. Of course, the little, you know, the little Easter eggs. We see Harry picking up the goblin glider. They thought he was going to be Peter's sidekick. And of course, what happens in all these things? Dad bites him. And basically, that's what it is in this one. I mean, I'm not really sure what to say about this. It's just basically a knight bites the uh, goblin, but learns how to forgive him for his friend's sake. Because he wasn't in control. Got it. That's like at the end, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, is there anything you want to say about any part before that? No, I guess not. Let's see what he takes him in. He's like, Dad, no, stop! Bite him. Uh, yeah. And then he's like thinking back, and he's like, he's like, I took you in in the garbage cans back in the day, and this is how you repay me. And yeah, it's then, a, then it's Peter, a, yeah, then yeah, he has actually, to do. He has to be a CEO, and this is where he messes everything up. Like, he doesn't even try to... He tries to cover it up, like, oh, I'm sorry, don't worry, it's all good now. And he's like, oh, f*** you, I gotta go. (laughs) So give me something to think about. So, yeah, so when you're doing the flashback, it is kind of like a similar thing to the whole thing with Harry Osborn and the regular Spider-Man stuff, where his father really didn't pay attention and didn't care. Yeah. Except now they kind of play with that a bit. This is why. It wasn't his father didn't care, it's that he was, you know cursed running around like a monster but obviously things changed a bit once his son knew the truth because now he knew why his father was you know he knew it wasn't his father just saying i don't i'm bi- i'm too busy and that i do like that whole uh fake thing of uh, oh he was in an accident how can we trust to do business with you if we can't even trust you to arrive uh he did get hit by a car and he's still at the meeting <laughs> yeah that you say he got hit by a car <laughs> Well, didn't. yeah. But she didn't. No, that's what far as <laughs> they know. They're saying, they're saying, it's like, listen, this is a business thing. I don't care what happened. You get here. And I don't think you got hit by a car. I think you're a goddamn liar. This guy's nuts. Look at him. His yeah. bandage fell off. Until the goblin, of course, attacks. So it really doesn't matter how what he said anyway. He kind of was getting knocked out of the... Knocked, he was leaving the meeting no matter what, obviously. Um... Uh, I think other superheroes would have handled it better. Yeah, I'm not saying I mean, he, he didn't have to have that rant right before. 
No, no, that was not necessary. I'm just saying I don't think it mattered, though, because <laughs> this problem was happening no matter what. I think he shouldn't be a CEO. I think that's way too much to handle. He can't be a CEO and a and a uh, superhero and a scientist. I think he's a CEO as much as Tony Stark was a CEO of uh, in the Iron Man movies, where Pepper did most of the work. Oh, but he still has to come here. And, like Batman was, Bruce Wayne was like he didn't do anything really. He came to some meetings and be like, "All right, everything's good. All right, I'm gonna go home." That right? Yeah. That's what you need to be. Well, that's well, that's what yeah, that's what Tony Stark did too, and I think that's what he does. He just goes to the important meetings that's necessary, and otherwise, MJ takes care of everything else. Oh, uh, okay. Well. He blew that deal, whatever it was. Probably. But he's more, you know, it's more important to not die. I guess so. He gets bit. Yeah. And they fight. And he basically beats the hell out of him. And almost kills him. And then decides not to. So isn't he going to become the Green Goblin? I mean, a, a goblin, whatever they call it. Because he got bit as well. Uh, the question is, did it go through the art costume? Because obviously his costume's on underneath his suit. Right? Oh, yeah. Let's so the right. question is, did Sit it go out. through? Oh, maybe. If it's armor, all right, that's, is that armor that's underneath his arm or apparently underneath his arm? Yeah, he's got armor there. If it's armor, you either feel it or you don't. You know what I mean? Like, if it's like a cloth material that will protect from the puncture, but you can feel the pressure, you know what I mean? That's what I think it is. Oh, okay. Well, then, yes. Then he's fine because he didn't get the puncture. But if it's like metal, seeing... then you you wouldn't feel it. And if you felt it, then it, that means it went through the metal. Yeah, because I'm not seeing anything that looks like blood on him. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. Obviously, he didn't... Yeah, like, I guess... I think you're right. Um, they might have... I think they've done some stuff with these... Well, we'll get to the end. So, I guess it's all going to depend on whether or not also there's future stuff with this character. Oh, Did, yeah. We'll find out. But for now, let's just assume he did not get bit, because it doesn't look like it. But, yeah, so... Harry has some good points. He's like, look, my dad... He wasn't in control, so taking your aunt and uncle was not his fault. You know, it was yeah, an accident. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. But if you do it, that's intentional. Yeah. Look, you don't blame an animal for killing... Like if you if you kill if a bear kills you or like let's say, uh, like let's say remember when mom and dad went on vacation and they went to go look for bears, or they went through like the woods in in Montana, and yeah. where there's bears everywhere and I thought they'd be okay with bear spray but then they forgot the bear spray. If if they die from there, you can't you know you can't blame the bears. It's their fault. Maybe instead, you know, and maybe Dad instead of you know should have bought honey spray as a backup. This yeah. honey spray will keep the bears from us. Bears hate honey. <laughs> they they have too much of it already, and they don't want any more because it's it's not good for them. And they'll get diabetes. <laughs> they don't like that. He does decide not to kill him. He you know tells Harry sorry, and then of course what happens? Harry turns into the goblin. Da, da, da. Cool. And, and now Dad is free of the curse. And, and they're so, like, we're going to work together, and we're going to save your son. So he has new sidekick, which, that's an interesting idea. Norman Osborn as Spider-Man's sidekick. Norman Russell. Well, yeah, but you know what I mean. He's supposed to be yeah. Norman Osborn. Norman Russell. Yeah. <laughs> He's supposed to be half Norman Osborn, half. I, that's the problem with this story, is that, like, because we know Spider-Man so much... 
and we don't know that much about Moon Knight. It's just like it's basically Spider-Man. I mean, yeah, there's certain parts, but like you don't look at him as right. You don't look at him as being half half another he's character. More, yeah, he's more like Spider-Man with some Moon Knight. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's Spider-Man ice cream with Moon Knight sprinkles. Yeah. Yeah, it's not 50-50. Yeah. It's not like that, uh, you know, it's not like in the ice cream where it's like, you know, you get the, you get the thing, it's like vanilla and chocolate, and it's fully half vanilla, half chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. It's just all of one flavor with the sprinkles of Moon Knight. But otherwise, I enjoyed this. This was fun. Yeah. What did you think? Did you like this That's better good. than Iron Hammer or not as good? Iron Hammer. Yeah, I think I liked it better than Iron Hammer. What was what was Iron Hammer again? Uh, basically, Iron Man and Thor. What'd they do? <laughs> I already forgot. <laughs> Never mind. Okay. I think I liked it better. I don't know. Listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, I can't wait to listen to find out what I thought. I really can't. I'll listen to them both, and and then we'll figure it out if I like one or the other. I think I like this one better. I like people being crazy. That's always good. Well, here's a question then. Yeah, shoot. Let's say there was a a Arachnite series on like Marvel Unlimited or something. Would you be interested in reading further adventures of him, or is this good enough for you? It's good enough. (laughs) So it's enough. It's good enough. The story. This story has been done a million times. It's cool to see like the the. Uh, um, Spider-Man be a little crazy, but it's like this story's been done a million times. I mean, like right away, I thought of uh, uh, Man Bat, yeah, and Batman. But it's been done, you know, whatever. Like, there's a million other stories, like Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, right? That's kind of yeah. like that. Yeah. So you, it was good, but you don't you don't need to have more. No, I don't need. That's enough. I think you know what I would like. All right, no, I would like another comic. To I would read the third comic if they had one to to wrap it up. Ah, like the curing of Harry, dealing yeah, with the problem thing. Yeah, I would read that. I definitely would read that. Like, all right, let's wrap this up. Let's see what happens. If they did something in that third comic to like, ooh, now this is happening and this is a totally different thing. Like they they make a left turn or a right turn or a reverse turn, <clears throat> a U turn. You turn. Um, I I see what you're saying. My name is Bob Fisher, and I'm the host of the Superman Forever Radio Podcast. On the Superman Forever radio podcast, I talk about Superman from 1938 to present day. And in 2018, we celebrate the 80th anniversary of the Man of Steel's first appearance in Action Comics with a full year of new episodes, more episodes, plus new features like The Adventures of Superman When He Was a Boy. Superboy is coming to the Superman Forever radio podcast. Also, the Superman Forever Roundtable Discussion Group, where I gather together some of the best Superman podcasters around, and we talk Superman. So if you want to know why I've been a Superman fan for over 60 years, point your favorite podcatcher to the Superman Forever radio podcast at supermanforever.com.
Infinitywarp.com. Up next is the Infinity Warp's Weapon Hex miniseries, issue one. And so let's start off with our cover with our main character, Weapon Hex, uh, on the front. Well, actually, before we get to that, Joe, real quick. Weapon Hex miniseries, really quick, what did you think of it? Just a quick overview before we get into the details. Um, <laughs> I don't know. The thing is, with me, it's not easy for me to like something right away. Okay. I'm more of a, like, if you give me a series, I'll probably start to like it. I mean, I will like it at times. Like, if, if I don't know anything about it, if I, don't know, if I don't know the characters that well. So I don't know anybody that well. I know X-23, kind of, but I'm not the biggest fan of her. Um, I like Dakin better, or Dakin. What's his name? Dokken. Only thing, and I think the only reason I like him is because he, well, he's more flawed, you know. He's got daddy issues. That's cooler. Yeah. Um, and 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 Wolverine drowns him in a puddle, which is pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, so for me, usually it takes me a while to warm up to the characters and what's going on in the so story. So a two issue series is too a little too quick for you. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't know. Yeah, it's too quick for me. Because you always ask me this, and I'm always saying, like, you know, nothing great. And that's, but no. there's, it's okay. It's yeah, okay. Honesty's good. Yeah. Now, the first thing I take away, so we'll get into this then. We'll see how you feel after we go break it down. Yeah, I usually like things better more when I discuss with you, because a lot of times I don't know, I don't know the characters. Like, I don't know the characters that are in here. I have a lot of questions, too. Okay. So go on. I'm sorry. Infinity Warp's Weapon Hex number one. Writers. Ben Acker and Ben Blacker. Pencils, Gerardo Sandoval. Inkers, Victor Nava and Gerardo Sandoval. Colors by Israel Silva. Letters, Joe Caramagna. Editors, Jordan D. White and Annalise Bissa. Cover art by Humberto Ramos and Edgar Delgado. Variant covers by Humberto Ramos and also by Adam Kubert and Maury Hallowell. Cover dated December 2018. On sale date October 17th, 2018. Cover price $3.99. This issue has not been reprinted, but you can get it digitally on Comixology and Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited. Years ago at Mount Windigore, a place that has seen countless unholy rituals, we see one more. Herbert and Sarah, along with their acolytes and creations, are having their 22nd attempt to bring forth their evil god, Methachislan. However, the same thing happens this time, like the 21 times before it. The vessel they have prepared for their god is destroyed. They have been attempting to use the human-animal hybrids they have created to use as vessels for their god, but their theory now is that they have created them to be perfect, and their god destroys perfection. So they need to create something strong enough to hold it, but flawed enough to not be immediately destroyed. Together with his sorcery and her science, they are able to do it, and they implant the embryo inside Sarah. However, when she is pregnant, we see a split in Sarah and Herbert's outlook. He still views it as a vessel, but Sarah views it as her child. Once the child, Laura, is born, we see that it is now a countdown of 18 years until M-Day. Over the years, Herbert and their assistant Hellhound train Laura, teaching her to use her given mutant and mystical powers. Now with one year left to go, they start to send Laura out on missions including fighting alongside Hellhound to defend their home from Elsa Bladestone and the Covenant. They are also sent to hunt down the group known as the Midnight Guns and bring back a sigil that will be needed on M-Day. 
During that mission, Laura hesitates to kill one of the guns, but Hellhound steps in and stomps the gun to death. On M-Day itself, Herbert has realized that Sarah has been trying to humanize Laura, teaching her that she can have a choice in what happens to her and what kind of person she can be. Not wanting that, Herbert uses the spell Hex Marks the Spot, which forces Laura to kill the marked target. That target is, of course, her mother. With her dying breath, Sarah forgives Laura and tells her to take care of her sister. We see that Sarah secretly took Laura's blood years ago and used it to create her sister, Speedweasel. Well, the first thing I've noticed is that I wonder, the writing team, did they get together because they think they're good writers together, or did they get together because they heard their names and they're like, Ben Acker and Ben Blacker? Oh yeah, we have to work together. I did not pay attention to that. It's yeah. Acker and Blacker? And they're both named Ben. That is cool. Acker yeah. and Blacker. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at it. Blacker, Acker. Yeah. Acker the Blacker. Blacker the Acker. It's like, we, we have to work together now. We have to do something. We have to. It's a law. Yeah, I do give them uh, uh, A plus for for writers' names. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, so the story starts in Mount Wundagore. Do you know anything about Mount Wundagore? Nope. So Mount Wundagore is a mountain in the Marvel universe. It's not real. They have done a lot of weird stuff with it. We'll get into that each time because there are several characters in that are merged in the series that are involved about Mount Wundagore. As we get to each one, I'll tell you about how they associate with it. Okay. We have people trying to bring up a demon. Mephistichython. I don't know how to pronounce that. I was going to ask you how you pronounce that. Yeah, I have no idea. Basically, it's Mephisto, who you know. Right? You know Mephisto. I do. Marvel's Devil. And Chython, who is an elder god, elder evil god, who wrote, basically, he wrote the Darkhold. Which is basically the Marvel Necronomicon. Oh, awesome. Spell the name of him. And now it's, I'm on the screen. It's like okay. C-T-H-O-N. No, the Mac. Uh, hold on one second. I just sent you a picture. That's Chathon. Oh, cool. So, spell it? Yeah. Okay. M-E-P-H-I-C-T-H-T-O-N. I-C-T-H-T-T. Owen. Uh, Owen. I want to say Mephistachathon. Oh, it's just... Oh, yeah. What's the other guy's name? Uh, Mephisto and Chathon. Or Chathon. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce it. It's one of those weird names. It's like... Literally, it's C-T-H-T-O-N. Mephistathon. Yeah, I like that. Mephistathon. Yeah. But yeah, the Chathon, Chathon, however you pronounce it, basically, like I said, he wrote the Darkhold, yeah. which is basically Marvel's Necronomicon. So, you know, he has an unpronounceable name because the Necronomicon was created by, was was the whole Lovecraft thing with, like, Cthulhu, you know, C-T-H-U-L-H-U. So he's like a Cthulhu, he's like one of those type of gods. Yeah, the Necronomicon is responsible for a lot of things in Marvel. Um, that's where vampires are, that's how vampires came up, that's how werewolves were for, uh, created. And Chathan, while he's no longer on the Earth, he's fled to another dimension... There are places where his like his spirit is able to like have the most contact with the with the earth, and one of those places is Mount Wundagore. Oh, cool! So he's always where, had an influence there. Where is Mount Wundagore? Eastern Europe. Oh, cool! Oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Dracula and all that. Yeah. 
the two people leading this whole little cult, you know, the ones in the middle doing the ceremony, the guy is basically, I'm not sure if he's a mixture of people or if they just kind of, because I'm not sure if these characters, sometimes they seem to be mixtures and sometimes they're just the character changed, you know? So I'm not sure what he is, but he's basically the high evolutionary, if you remember him. What is he in? I know, I know. He's been in a lot of stuff. He's in, If you read the first eight issues of Warlock, he's in there a lot because he created Counter-Earth. Okay. That's fine. He also, yeah. He also, when he was on Earth, he created the New Men, which were basically genetically uh, advanced animals that walked around like people, like a lot of the characters you see in this issue. Yes, you're right. And do you know where his base was on Earth before he left Earth? Can you you want to guess where his base was? In Wonder Wonderland. Um, I'm Mount Wondergore. Wondergore. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yes. Uh, the woman there, I believe, is the scientist that created X23 in the regular Marvel universe. I don't know too much, but I have I never really read her origin, but I know enough about it to know this. So. They're not together? Uh, well, obviously not. As far as I know, not in the real Marvel Universe, no. Who is she with? Maybe he's a combination of th- that, that I guy. I don't know. Okay. I do not know well, enough. Well, if you know, listener, tell write us. in. Write in and tell us. So they are trying to bring their demon god to Earth, but every vessel they bring for him to possess, well, basically he causes it to explode, it looks like. Yeah, so looks like Nightcrawler's sister is dead. Yeah, whoever that is. Looks very much like a female Nightcrawler. So they're now deciding they're going to create a new vessel. Uh, I like this. It's like, our demon god is flawed, and, you know, it ruins perfection. It's like, we're trying to make it, we're trying to have a perfect vessel for it, and that's why they're destroying it. He's destroying it. Like, we need to make a flawed one. So they basically make a baby. Question. Yeah. Two two questions. Why is the demon god flawed? Oh. Oh no 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 sorry. He's not flawed. It says here, and our malevolent lord destroys perfection utterly. Okay. It's not that he's doing perfect. It's that he destroys perfection because he's basically well an evil god. They need something that's not perfect, otherwise he'll destroy it. So yeah. Uh, just- so how do they make the baby? What are they doing here? They don't explain it. Or at least I don't see it. Oh, well, I'm assuming they just. It's like a, it's like an infer, you know, it's, um, what's that called? Uh, oh God, what is that? When, you know, they can do that now with people, you know, when you have like, you get the sperm and you basically implant it in the mother, in the, in the womb. What is he, impotent? No, I think they just, this is all a scientific thing to them. They don't really give a damn about making it that way. Cause also they want to make sure it's the done the way they want it to be done. So they're manipulating everything. Got it. Cause, and then they think. In v- I think it's called in vitro fertilization. That's the, that's the term, I believe. It's probably impotent. That's why. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm assuming they're go, doing it because they uh, they don't want to leave anything to chance. Even though they want to make it an imperfect vessel, they still want to con- try to control what they're doing. They don't explain, like, why. Like, why their baby is going to be imperfect or, or, like, what they're doing to be imperfect, you know? But that's oh, oh, okay. Here's why they didn't do it the old-fashioned way. Look at that panel there. Uh, the on the bottom row of panels, the first one, he says, it was a success. Our vessel is sound and imbued with the best of enchantment and enhancement. So they were doing genetic things to it before they implanted it in her. Okay. All right. That's cool. And now he, 
he's a magician and she's the scientist. Is that the whole? That's what they're saying here. Yes. Okay. So it's a perfect. It's a perfect cocktail of both of them. Of insanity. Yes. Yeah. Because that's why they have Bavel, their vampire cow nurse. It's a vampire? Oh, yeah, I, I didn't realize that was a cow. So, I, I, yeah, that does make sense why it has fangs. So, I am assuming Babel is a mixture of these two characters. Bova. Yeah, I can see that. Who's who Bova? Was, who, Bova was created by the High Evolutionary and was basically like a nurse. Including, was used as a nurse for two characters who were born on Mount Wendigore. Twins. Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch. They were born there. On that mountain, their mother ended up there, and that's where she was born. That's where they were born. And Bova was the one who uh, basically gave birth, you know, helped, you know, was the she was the nurse. So basically, she was the one that gave birth to them. Oh, so they've had stories about like the birth and raising of uh, well, at least they're Quicksilver yeah. and yeah, yeah. Their mother ended up there on, on there fleeing from their father, and uh, she took they, they took them in. She took Bova took them in. Sorry, Bova took the mother in, and was the one who attended her to help give birth. That's but, cool. of course, Bova's not a vampire. So I'm assuming Bova was mixed in with this character. That does look like the character. Hellcow. Yeah. Hellcow. It was a cow that was bitten by Dracula and became a vampire. Of course. And it was killed. It first appeared and was killed in an issue of Howard the Duck. Did Howard kill? Yes. How? You remember? Stake through the heart. Of course. I'm assuming that's who Bo- that's who that character is a mixture of. That's cool. See, I probably would enjoy the, this much more if I knew any of this stuff. And I am enjoying it more because yeah. of it. Now, they're making plans with the baby. Although, as you can you know, we can see, like, the father is still very much like, this is our plan. This is our vessel. This is what we're using. And mom seems to be bonding to the baby. And uh, I, I don't think they get the name for it yet. Oh, Hellhound. Hellhound. Looks like their assistant. Is that supposed to be partially magic? I'm pretty sure yes, because especially when we see that giant sword later. Yeah. That's and I am assuming, based on the color scheme of the costume, and look at her hands. I did not notice that. Sabretooth is my guess. Oh, I thought it was the girlfriend, the girl from uh, Seinfeld. <laughs> With the big hands. Yes. No, 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 I'm assuming she's a mixture of magic and, magic and Sabretooth. Oh yeah, she does have the she does have the saber tooth attitude. Yeah, we're getting there, and now it's birth. Baby's born, and you know, and eighteen years to M day. <laughs> yeah, I like which that. Is, that was cool. Which Wait. is also amusing because M, you know what M day was, right? No more mutants. Yep. I do like some of the little side snide lines they have. Like as she's singing, he's like, "Please don't sing to the prenatal vessel." No. Yeah. It's so funny though. This was like, I this was her idea, to, yeah, to do this. And then right away she's like, "Oh, it's a baby," and she's like, "I don't worry about it." I'm like, "Well, you made a wrong choice." And yeah, you like brought that up. Yeah, like we see here where the baby's two now, and she's scared about it getting hurt. Meanwhile, Daddy's throwing it in a pit of snakes, cobras. But it, it that makes sense too, though, because. Uh, you know, the mother becomes right away makes an attachment with the baby when it's in its stomach, where the father is not as natural for the father to make that connection, especially when he he's like, well, this is for the sub. This is a subject. Yeah, this is the host. 
I like this. Laura, honey, don't put snake guts in your mouth. Yeah, that's cute. And then we jump to 13 years to M-Day. So she's five years old. And Dad has now figured, you know, has put some spells on the kid, including one called Hex Marks the Spot. It's a triggering spell. And so when you get marked at that spot, she has no choice but to kill you. It's like Wolverine's Berserker Rage. Yeah. Except it's directed against one target. If they put it, put that target on you, she's going to kill you, even if she doesn't want to. She killed the waiter. Yeah, and you see the waiter's name? Peter. Peter. I'm wondering if that's supposed to be Peter Porker. That is funny. Spider Ham. Well, all right. He's a pig. And also, she's wearing a Venom shirt. Isn't that yeah. Venom? Yeah, that looks like a Venom shirt. And I do kind of, I mean, we'll get to the names of them later, but I do how like they do that little thing where they tell you like what they're called. Like the little spells or things she do, they, they do. Hex marks the spot. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. So now she's eight years old and fighting with Hellhound training. What's the cow's name again? Uh, Babel. She's knitting. Oh, yeah, that's right. She is. And I did realize, I just realized why, because I'm looking at, like, this page really doesn't do anything. You know, there's really nothing, no information given. No, I don't agree with but that. But then I realized yeah. there is. Yeah. Because it's why she, because we find out at the end of the issue why mom takes the blood. Oh, for the, for the, um. Yeah. Yeah. But also, it's just, I mean, it's just show that she's not, like, she's growing, you know. She's well, that's not it. able to, she's not able to, she's learning how to fight and she's not able to beat hellhound yet yeah but i mean like the first page like here when she's you know two years old we find out that she does have you know we know like okay so she has a healing factor nothing could hurt her and she's able to kill the snakes you know and then the next page we find out that you know we find out about that hex marks the spot so we know how she gets triggered but then this one doesn't really give anything particular information there yet until i realize that what's what we're getting up from that when mom draws the blood saying she's taking it just in case you know, a fail safe in case Laura someday forgets who she is. Now, by the way, you know who this weapon hex is a mix of, right? Because she's not just weapon. She's not just X twenty three. Um. Well, I assumed it was uh, um, Scarlet Witch. Yes, that is correct. Hence yeah, why it's called. Hence why it's called hex because the Scarlet Witch is hex powers, and because she was born in Mundagore, like I said. Okay, I just want to make sure. So, and then they get sent out to deal with a couple of people attacking Wundagore, including it looks like a, a version of a mix of Misty Knight and Elsa Bloodstone and Dum Dum Vampire Dum Dum Dugan. Oh, uh, okay, all right. And one of them most looks like Wolverine on the bottom panel. I, I do like some of the lines here. You will not be able to slice my sword. This sword is a progeny of Excalibur herself. A sword had a baby sword. How's that even possible? <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, like you said, this issue basically is just showing her growing up, you know, every year. And showing her powers, like hex hexavision, and when she gets hurt, she has hexual healing. <laughs> hexpulsion. What is that? Hexpulsion? Yeah. Uh, I don't know, maybe blowing up stuff? Because what, what happens to that Misty girl? Does she... She flies away. Like, okay. Or no, she blasts her away. With an expulsion. Yeah, because look, she's flying out of the claws, and Misty's, cur you know, Misty Elsa's cursing. Yeah. And then you see Weapon Hex, 
is uh, saying something like saying a spell because that's why the lettering is all weird and it's not actual words. Yeah. And then you see Misty cursing, going double curse, and she's bl- flying away. It's not her flying away; it's expulsion, like expulsion. So she's Got being it. sent away. Okay. So we get through that, and then Mom, of course, is telling her, you don't have to do this thing. You don't have to kill people if you don't want to. You know, you're not just an experiment. You're a person. But before the whole thing is going to happen, so we got 48 hours to M-Day now, Dad sends Weapon Hex and Hellhound to get a sigil, which is basically the Punisher symbol. And we got a couple other characters that I'm not really sure who all of them are. Who's the Punisher? That, that is supposed to be like the Punisher and somebody else? Yeah, well, they call him Hellfire, so I'm a, I'm guessing maybe it's uh, Damien Hellstorm, the Son of Satan character, but I'm not sure. I don't know who the cowboy-looking one is. The one in the white and red costume? He looks familiar. I mean, he might be part of, like, the original Ghost Rider from, like, the, the 50s, who was basically just, or who was just, like, a cowboy character. The other two I know... Because they're, they're, it's what, uh, Cloak from Cloak and Dagger and Agatha Harkness. Who's been messing up everything? It's been Agatha all along. Who's been pulling every evil string? If you know who Agatha is. No, I don't know who that is. Yeah, because they call she's called Agatha Darkness. Oh. So it's a mixture of what's her real name? Agatha Harkness. Oh, okay. Agatha is a witch. Did the picture show up? Yes, it did. She looked like uh, a little old lady. Yeah, she's a witch, very powerful. She is the one who trained the Scarlet Witch to do witchcraft, not just mutant stuff. Oh, cool. And she also is Franklin Richards' nanny. Okay. Because, why not? Yeah, why not? And I'm assuming, and since Dagger is called Dagger Lil, I'm assuming Dagger is a mixture of Dagger and Diamond Lil. Who's Diamond Lil? Diamond Lil is a member of Alpha Flight. Basically, she has, like, diamond hard skin. Oh, okay. So that's what I'm assuming they are. But yeah, they're sent, apparently the Punisher symbol isn't just a symbol on his chest it's actually some kind of magical sigil and so they kill him to steal it because they need that for the spell yeah she steps on his head and actually here's the thing i just realized go back to the first page of the story okay look underneath look on the bottom look on the ground underneath like the the nightcrawler the female nightcrawler that's chained up look at the what am i the oh it's the punisher symbol it looks like the punisher symbol there doesn't it yeah I like when they, you know, it doesn't matter how much I like the story or not. I will give credit when they do like this little bit, like they seed the stuff in. Like, oh, we're going to send you to get that Punisher, that sigil. It looks like the Punisher symbol. We're going to put that on the first page when they're doing the spell initially. Yeah, what do you call that again? Uh, foreshadowing, seeding. I'm not really sure of the liter- literary term. Yeah, but I like, yeah. I like when they do that. I, I, like when they, I like when they plan it out enough that they make sure that they put these things in so it's not just out of the blue. It's like, oh, look, we put a... If you go back and look on the first page, you'll see the little hint. So the Punisher, is he supposed to be two characters? Did um, we discuss that? Yeah, I think it's... Yeah, I said I think it's Punisher and uh, Son of Satan. 
Damien Hell. Oh story. yeah, you, you did say that. Okay, I'm sorry. I think so, but I have no idea. It's definitely him. Got it. But yeah, so they get that sigil and bring it back. And Dad is not happy with Mom trying to convince her to Laura Weapon Hex to not do this, and he puts the hex marks the spot on Mom. What is that? Remember, that's the thing that makes her kill. Oh. And that's why she kills Mom. Which I believe, because I know uh, Weapon X, I know, sorry, no, X-23, they had something similar with her that they can use. Like, I think there's like a little scent or something they can use to trigger her Berserker Rage to make her kill specific targets. Because remember, in the real universe, X-23 is a clone of Wolverine. Yes. And it's them trying to create like their own Weapon X that they can control. And that's how they're using it to control her. It's like, we're going to put the scent thing in, and then whoever has it, you're going to kill. And I believe that's how the... The scientist mother of, of X-23 dies the same way. I believe she X-23 kills her because she's forced to. So, Daddy is messed up. That's not a good family. Well, you know, he's sticking to the lands, and she's... I'm not saying he's not. I'm just saying that's not good family. And Mom tells her, take care of your sister. Of course, she's like, I have a sister? And we're introduced to her sister. Who calls herself Speed Weasel. That is a dumb name. Well, think about it. How old do you think the sister is? When eight year, Since mom took her blood eight years ago, which is probably what she used to create the sister, she's eight years old. What's an eight-year-old going to call themselves? Dumb things. Now, you of course know one of the characters. You can probably guess one character that she's that uh, Speed, Wheel- Speed Weasel is a part of, right? Quicksilver. Yes. Because X-23 does have a younger sister. Or, you know, a clone. That's bas- a younger clone that's basically a sister. Yeah, I've seen that. Who calls herself? Her? Yeah, Honey oh, Badger. Yeah. Honey Badger, yeah. Because, again, what's an eight-year-old? You know, eight-year-olds are going to call themselves goofy things. No, Honey Badger's a good name. Yeah. Well, I guess this is as close they're going to get in this mixed version. Well, I guess they're sticking with, like, what do you call it? Rodents or marsupials or something? Yeah. Whatever. What else could it be? I mean, I guess you're running out of animals. And, and now I realize that Babel is knitting here as well. Yeah. Uh, I, I love the idea of the vampire cow nursemaid who knits. Well, they need outfits. So. That is just so awesome. All right, so that was issue one. So now that we went through it, any new thoughts on it? I mean, I like I like knowing what like all the backstory, so I appreciate it more. Yeah, I like some of the mix. Some of the characters I like some of the mixes of. Like, they, I did like the fact that there was, it kind of makes sense. Like, oh, okay, so they found a good mix, you know, they were able to mix good characters together since they found, since like, well, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch are siblings, and we have X23 and Honey Badger who are siblings. So, you know, it kind of fits. Infinity Warps Weapon Hex number two. Writers Ben Acker and Ben Blacker. Pencils Gerardo Sandoval. Inkers. Victor Nava and Gerardo Sandoval. Colors, Israel Silva. Letters, Joe Caramagna. Editors, Jordan D. White and Annalise Bissa. Cover art by Giuseppe Camacholi, Roberto Poggi, and Edgar Delgado. Cover dated January 2019. On sale date, November 28, 2018. Cover price, $3.99. This issue has also not been reprinted, but you can find it as well digitally on Comixology and Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited. Pissed at being forced to kill her mother, 
Laura trashes her way through her parents' mountain base until she finds her sister's room and meets Speedweasel, or Garvel, being cared for by Bavel, the hybrid vampire cow. Like Laura, Gavril has claws that come out of her knuckles, though only one on each hand instead of the two like Laura, and also has super speed. The three of them are about to escape when Herbert and Hellhound show up. During the fight, Bavel is killed, Laura is hacked to pieces, and Gavril is caught. Herbert and Hellhound attempt to use Gavril as the vessel, but underestimate how strong Laura's hexual healing is, and she shows up to free her sister. Laura kills Hellhound, but is blasted and vaporized by Herbert's magic. However, her healing is able to bring her back even from that, including her clothes, and she uses her magic to bring back the souls of everyone whose death was caused by Herbert, and they destroy him. Destroying the site of the ritual, they prevent Mephachython from coming onto this plane, and the two sisters are able to leave and live their own lives. Somewhere else. Alright, and now we are back with Infinity Warp's Weapon Hex number two. And we have Weapon Hex and Hellhound on the cover doing their best action poses. It's like an action did, movie poster. Did she have a mask on the fir- in the uh, first issue? She didn't have, I don't think... No, no, um, I think she did when she was in costume. Yeah, she did. Okay. The two times you see her in costume, when she goes after the uh, people that are attacking Wendigore, and when they go after the Punisher-type character, she's wearing her mask. Cool. But this is the first time we see Magic Sword, because it wasn't in the first issue at all. At least not that I remember seeing. No. And so she is now... It's kind of funny, like, like, the first issue covers 18 years. And then this issue basically covers, like... I don't know, two hours? An hour? Yeah, you're right. Because, I mean, the first issue covers from, like, before she's bo- even conceived up until her 18th birthday. And now we're just... This is all M-Day. You know, her 18th birthday. First issue is catching up to speed, and now now here we are. Yeah. And she finds her sister, Gravel... Or, sorry, Gavril. That's a yeah. horrible name. Yeah. No wonder she prefers to be called Speed Weasel. That's a worse. Yeah. It's better than Gavril. I don't know. It's not that bad. They're trying to escape. Oh, well, Ga- oh duh. Gabby is uh, is Honey Badger's real name, I believe. Gabby. Or Gabrielle. I'm pretty sure she's called Gabby. Gabby. I don't know, that's oh. a Pietro, though. Yeah, it kind of sounds similar, or it doesn't look the right. It doesn't look right. It's not spelled similar. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about the name of Honey Badger's real, real name. I don't know why she can't just run away. She's super fast, though. So. Well, it's not like they don't have other power. There are other, other powers that can, might be able to stop her. Yeah, I guess so. But yeah, so, but before they can escape, Daddy and Hellhound show up. Oop, wrong way. And Hellhound and Weapon Hex fight. And unfortunately, Bavel dies, which I'm not happy about. How does Bavel die? She kills uh, him? Uh, yeah, Hellhound kills him with her sword. Okay. Yeah, that wasn't nice. And then how does she die? I don't see her getting chopped up. Who? Uh, Weapon Laura? Weapon well, Hex. we don't see it. Oh, we we see her over Babel, sad, and we see Hellhound about raising the sword above her, 
And then we go to Speed Demon knocking out scientists and stuff until Hellhound catches her. Oh, okay. All right. So obviously this is happening. You know, we don't see what happened. We just know that Hellhound is fine. So probably one. I do like Speed Weevil. Like, Speed Weevil's lines are great. Like, he, he's not caring what's going on, almost. Like, he's just, like, having his own little thing. It's like, she gets caught, she's threatened, and she's like, what's with the sword? It's so big. You think people are going to drive by and not see it? The big sword store call. They want the sword back. It's big. <laughs> yeah. It's just cute. It's like, instead of crying or freaking out or saying, let me go, it's just like, what the hell is with the sword? That's giant. Why do you have a big sword like that? What's up with the... No, I don't get it. Why are they killing the pig people? It's a blood ritual. They need blood. Oh. That's why you have flunkies for all the things you need. Get me coffee. Pick up my dry cleaning. I need your blood. And then Speedwizzle threatens, you know, says, my sister's going to kick your butts. And that's when we find out that at least Hellhound thinks Weapon Hex is dead. Because she's been pretty much chopped up. As we can see, um, she has no arms or legs. Is her head not connected? I think it is. Oh, yeah, it is. It is connected. But the arms and legs aren't. But apparently her, healing's, her healing factor is good enough that she can the arms and legs get back to her and pop back on. Yeah, that's pretty stupid of Hellhound. At least cut the head off. Yeah. I guess she didn't realize how good her healing factor is. I mean, remember, she's not just a mutant. She's a mutant with magic. She read comic books, she would know. Yeah, she would. And of course, like in a comic book, she shows up just in time to try and stop Dad. Hexagon. Yeah. I guess it's like a shield. No, I thought he I thought that made her go away. Oh, you're right. You're right. That's where Hell it makes Hell Hellhound teleport away, basically. Yeah, and they sent her to uh Turrets, wherever that is. I'm guessing basically it's what her powers are. It's basically whatever they can figure out that rhymes, you know, that can make it work, work with the word hex. You know, that's why it's not called, that's why it's technically not called healing factor. It's called hexual healing or hexagon or hexpulsion. Oh, I just learned that. All right. Well, let's see. This is, um, this is what Speed Weasel does, but I don't know what she does, but short leash. What is that? See where uh, magic comes back from turrets. Oh, you know the, the turrets. Yeah, what's it? Where is that? The turrets on the castle. On the castle, like that. Looks like the top part. Oh, she sent her up top. That's she said. You know how cold it is up there. Oh, uh, I was wondering why she got back so fast. Because she was just upstairs. Yeah. No, no, no. Speed Weasel's not doing that. That's 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 Hellhound doing short leash. Oh. Because look at it, it's coming off the sword. I thought she was protecting herself from the sword. No, no, short leash means... Basically, it means she's forcing her to stay nearby. It's oh, on that a, makes sense. You know, it's on a short... It's literally on a short leash. Yeah, so you can't run. You can only run so far. You can only run, like, you know, within five, ten feet of me, let's say. Hexray! And so... And there goes Hellhound. All dead. I do like the names of the... Uh... Yeah. And then Dad forms the Hellstorm and blasts Weapon Hex and turns her to ashes. But just like Wolverine has been brought back, has come back from being nuked, literally, 
He's been nuked, and he's come back from that. I remember. Apparently, I remember you telling me. Yeah, apparently Weapon Hex can come back from being turned to dust. And her clothes, too, which is always funny when their clothes come back with them. Yeah, that is true. And is able to stop Dad's spell. Ooh. <laughs> I like that. No more. Yeah, no more mutants. Yeah. But instead, she does a power called Norv- Novus said Hexorimus. Hexorimus. Which basically calls in the spirits of all the people that were that were died because of uh, her father. And I just realized she didn't send, because look who the person is on the right. That's the Elsa Bloodstone Misty Night mixture with the big afro. Yeah. So I guess Hexpulsion doesn't blow her away. Maybe it actually explodes her. Maybe it wasn't, you know, maybe Hexpulsion wasn't expulsion. Maybe it was explosion. Yeah, but even if it does send her away, I mean, like, well, maybe she's just, a vamp. The, the fall could kill her. True. So all those ghosts show up to kill Daddy, including Mom. And he's dead, and the two sisters leave. So happy ending in this one, at least. Yes. It's time to cover our feedback, and this time we are talking about feedback from episode 132, supplemental number 7, Horror in Hollywood, with our guest Jason Snick Venable from the podcast that goes snicked. And the post for that episode on Facebook was liked and shared by... Well, once again, we are stumped thanks to the privacy settings, so if you liked or shared that on Facebook, I appreciate it, and I thank you, but I can't thank you. Twitter, of course, is a lot easier to deal with, and on Twitter, the post for that episode was liked and retweeted by Long Box of Darkness, Viet Huynh, Toys and Sometimes Jokes, Adeline Rising Podcast, Last Sun's Krypton, Connor McKenna, David Finn, Capes and Lunatics, Tomes of Evil, a comic book villain podcast. Glenn Hintu Heath, Chris Lydon, D underscore Ozakan, Jason Snake Venable, Doc Strange, Jeffrey Brown, parentheses they slash them, Comics in the Golden Age, Lemur's Den, The Hammer Strikes, Geeky Stuff, and hashtag voiceover. Portugoth, History of Comics on Film, Trekker Talk, John James Miller, Mark Whalens, Hemoglobinia Pop, Barnacle Press, Jim Bourgeois, Trip Encrypt, THX1137, Graham Chaffee, and Chuck. Now, don't forget, if you want to hear more of me every week, I am on the LEGION POD cast. You can find that on the Legion Substitute Podcasters feed. You can also find a link to that on the show notes. And which on this show, we are talking about the late 80s, early 90s DC sci fi series Legion. That is, of course, the acronym Legion, not Legion of Superheroes. If you want to hear your name said here, or you just want to talk to me, well, there's some ways to deal with that. Go to our Tumblr page and like our posts on there, resurrectionsadamwarlock.tumblr.com. Go to our Facebook page, just search for Adam Warlock or Thanos in the search box and we'll pop up. And if you like and share on there, please, because of the issues with privacy settings, just put a comment there that you also liked or shared it, just so that we have a way of seeing your name and can give you credit. Of course, there's always Twitter, which is a lot easier for me to see who likes and shares on there. We are there under at Adam Thanos Pod. You can always leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's been a while since I got a new one, or at least since I noticed I got a new one. I should probably check that soon. But yeah, if I see your review on there, I will read it here. I promise. Speaking of things I will read here, I also read emails. 
resurrectionspodcast at yahoo.com. Finally, this show is part of The Collective. The Collective is a group of podcasters who decide to band together as a network in the most traditional sense. Help each other out with ideas, liking and sharing each other's stuff, etc. In fact, we are going to play a promo for one of The Collective shows right now. Hey there! Do you like comic books? Do you like superhero TV and movies? Well, come on over and check out the Capes and Lunatics podcast. We have such shows as Capes and Lunatics and Super Connectivity, where we cover everything new and current and popular in the world of superheroes. And we also have episode-by-episode reviews of the Marvel Netflix shows and a monthly discussion of everything current on the DC Comics character Nightwing and a few other surprises all the time. So come join us for the Capes and Lunatics podcast. All right, so any final thoughts on Weapon Hex and Speed Weasel? You figure that's going to be the biggest thing that, um, not Weapon Hex, but uh, Scarlet Witch does, right? Like for probably, maybe even forever, is the No More Mutants thing, right? I think that's something that's going to be tied to her forever, for good or bad. Kind of like uh, Hank Pym uh, with Hitting the Wasp. Yeah, it's always they're always going to do something with it. Just like I think with the Scarlet Witch, it's always going to come back to what she did there. Like people like Deathstroke, for instance. You know, you know, Deathstroke is in DC, right? He's uh, that old guy. Yeah, the yeah, this guy. Yeah, yeah. So people like him still. Here's the thing that a lot of people I mean, some people do remember, but a lot of people forget. So he originally was a Teen Titans villain. Okay. Yeah, And in the big story, the Judas Contract, he gets a character called Terra, and basically she joins the Titans, and it turns out she's not, she's a spy from him, yeah. sent to destroy them. He sleeps with her. She's like 14. She does this in the movie or in the comic books? In the comic. She's 14 years old. He's oh, like 40-something. Like right? What? He's a villain, right? Yeah, but I mean, people kind of forget that. It's like, they, well, he's been a villain, but he's also been a hero. And he, they play him. He's popular enough that he's like, they use him a lot like uh, they do Harley Quinn lunch sometimes or Venom. You know, he's kind of like an anti-hero. He's played both sides. But they, it's kind of ignored about the fact that it's like, yeah, he's something of a 14-year-old girl. It's kind of funny how like certain things you can slide and certain things you can't. Like Sabretooth probably killed like thousands of people. And they're like, well, he's good now. We'll we'll let everything. That's okay that he killed yeah. people. He's not killing people now, so yeah. that's fine. <laughs> so it's just kind of funny how like some characters they do certain things and it sticks with them forever, and then some characters they do certain things and it's like, yeah, what's what else? What else they got? Yeah. Well, like the weapon hacks. I mean, uh, uh, Scarlet Witch makes sense because she wasn't never going to be. A, uh, was a big character and that was like her biggest thing and she will yeah. never be as big as that she'll never be as big as that i will say this it does bring an interesting thing up because she is a mutant but they all hate her like all the mutants hate her still oh yeah no i'm reading house of x powers of x right now and in like in like one of those little text pages when they talk about like the big decimate, like the big things that attack mutant kind. Like they talk about the thing from uh, Grant Morrison's New X Men, where the Sentinels came and just killed every mutant on Genosha. And then the other thing they talk about is like 
the attack of like the pretender or whatever they call, I forget what they call her, the Scarlet Wanda Max, you know, Wanda when she, you know, M Day. So like they still, the mutants do not like her. That's cool. So the, it does make things interesting because while she's a mutant, they're all, every mutant, pretty much every mutant is against her. Yeah. Well, I guess that so, was the biggest thing. It does make things interesting in that front. Yeah. Story wise. Now, speaking of weapon hex, so. Just curious. I'm not saying you are going. You know, not saying you're going to buy it. But let's say if there's a Weapon Hex miniseries or something on Marvel Unlimited, would you be interested in reading more of her? Or you're like, well, that's nice. This character is right. I read this character, but I don't need to read more. Or would you read more if they did another series? I would not read more unless they were like, uh, unless they told me like, no, the story is really cool. They go off and they hang out with whatever something. You know, but, unless like I heard something about the story to make it. But you're not interested enough on just the character themselves. No, no, not enough. All right. Like I said, it's it's a whole bunch of new characters introduced. So I'm just curious, you know, what you think, you know, for each one. I'm just curious what you think of them. No, but I like the uh, I like the background. I like I I like learning about the backgrounds of them and everything. They do a lot of a lot of stuff has been done with Wonder and Marvel. Like I said, that's where the High Evolutionary's base originally was. It's where Call It Witch and the Quicksilver were were born. That's a hole in the area. I mean, uh, yeah. Chython, all that stuff. Wondagore is a big part of Marvel history. Maybe I'll take a vacation there one day. Yeah, I see the vampires and the werewolves. Maybe you'll eat Marvel's main werewolf, Jack Russell. Who's that? That's the main werewolf character Marvel has. Jack Russell, huh? Yes. <laughs> I like the name they gave him. Yeah. Like, you know, Jack Russell. very vampire well, werewolf. He's a werewolf member, not a vampire. Oh, I've hence heard the name. Vampires. No, he's he's a werewolf. Hence the name Jack Russell, like Jack Russell Terrier. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> it's like let's name after a dog. He's a werewolf. Get it? Get it? Dog? Werewolf? It was the seventies. They were high. Resurrections, an Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast, is a fan-made production, and no copyright infringement is intended, or happening, or even understood. The opening music for this podcast is Intro Pompeii by Lino Rise, and the closing music is Dark and Dramatic by DJ Puzzle. Both are licensed by the Creative Commons license. You can find Lino Rise at free-intro-music.com and DJ Puzzle at peaceloveproductions.com. Links to both can be found on the Tumblr page. Yeah. All right, move or do something. Oh, yeah, I see, th- I see something. I have no idea what the hell it is, but it's something. Is that your foot? It's my foot. Maybe we should put the videos off for this one. All right. Just because, like, when you did it, 
Yeah, you froze up. Okay, video off. Like to... How do I do that? Okay. Off. There we go. There we go. Woohoo!